All right. Um, who reckons I slept more than six hours last night? You know, boys, living your best lives this side, living not your best life. That's all right. Um, I want to talk, I want to think about something with you. Don't confuse me. I'm not saying FOMO. Have you, have you guys ever heard of FOMO, right? Anyone heard of that, yeah? The fear of missing out? It's an acronym. Anyway, um, I reckon it's actually kind of fair to feel that a little bit, don't you? The fear of missing out on something. Because missing out on stuff is the worst, right? You see, if that, I think you can actually see this pretty easily. Um, you sleep in too long, you miss breakfast. Yeah, good one. You get that one. Uh, you, you take too long to get to the snack bar, you miss out on the best snacks. You don't get a can of Coke or a Mars bar. Mars bars were going like that. They were going so quick. Um, you go to bed too early, you miss out on all the fun, late night, whatever you guys are doing. See, the fear of missing out is fair because... <laughs> Missing out on stuff is the worst, isn't it? And, and it's the worst because you miss out on something that's epic. You miss out on something great. Well, what we've seen in Matthew this week, um, the kingdom of God, being a citizen of that kingdom, that's the best thing ever. And today, we're going to hear a warning from the Bible to not miss out on the best thing ever. Because what I want you to hear is it's actually possible to miss out. It's possible to miss out. It's possible to miss the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus warns us of this by showing us those two gates that we just read about. And this is key to understanding them. You all need to hear this clearly. Every single one of you is on one of those two paths. You are. Every single one of you. And so as these paths are explained, as we look at them, which one are you on? Which one of these paths are you on? Because you see, the first gate, it's the, it's the narrow gate. That's the one we're going to look at first. And it's the one that leads to life. Check it out. It's in verse 14 there. It says, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. This gate, it's, it's narrow. It's small. It's not easy to go through. And the path, when you go through the gate, it's not an easy path to stay on either. But where does this gate lead to? It leads to life. Life forever. It's like trying to find a good lookout. I don't know if any of you have ever done this. Um, but the entrance to the path to find a good lookout is usually just bush. <laughs> you can't actually see any path. There's no gate. There's no signs. Nothing. It's actually quite hard to find. And when you go through, it's often like a dirt path up a hill on a cliff. It's a perilous path. It's dangerous. But when you get to the end, what is there? A sweet lookout, a beautiful view. That's a bit like the narrow path, the narrow gate it's talking about here. But what you need to catch is the narrow path, the narrow gate, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Check out John 14, 6. It says this on the screen. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See the narrow gate? The narrow gate is to find Jesus. To see what he did on the cross and to come to him. And if you do that, you can have life. That's what it leads to. You can have life forever. But the second gate, you see, the second gate is the wide gate and it leads to destruction. 
destruction. Check it out. Verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. You see, this gate's wide. It's easy to fit through. The road is spacious. This gate is a bit like the sliding doors to Aaron Affair. You actually couldn't miss them. <laughs> Everything is designed so you end up at the sliding doors of Erina. There's pedestrian crossings. There's signs making sure you're headed in the right direction. There's even maps that are like, you're here, the doors are here. Just go this way. <laughs> when you get to the doors, they actually they open for you. You just keep walking. You walk straight on in. It's the easiest door you'll ever go through. And when you get into Erin Affair, oh, there's so much space. There's big aisles, it's cruisy. See, to go through this gate is easy. It's so easy. But what going through the wide gate is, it's living for yourself. It's to do as the world around you does. And Jesus says, that's easy. It's easy to do that. That's what everyone's telling you to do. And don't you guys kind of feel that that's true? See, at school, it's easy to just copy everyone, to live like they do. That's, that's way easier, isn't it? But this gate is dangerous. It seems easy. Everyone's going through it. Yet at the end of this gate is destruction. And when it says destruction, it means death forever. Check out verse 19, chapter 7. Every tree that doesn't bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. You see, the destruction it leads to is hell, death forever. And the tragedy is this. Not many find the narrow path. Did you catch that at the end of verse 14? Only a few find it. But heaps of people are on the wide path. And that is the tragedy of this passage. Do you hear the warning? Which path are you on? Are you on the wide path that leads to destruction? Or the narrow path that leads to life? Because you're all on one. There's not a single person here that isn't. In fact, there's not a person that's ever lived that wasn't on one of these two paths. But now some of you... Some of you might be in a particularly dangerous place because you see, it's possible to think that you're on the narrow path, but you're actually not. See, check out the warning that Jesus offers in verse 21. Chapter 7, verse 21, read along with me. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who's in heaven. You see, the warning is this you can think you're on the narrow path. <laughs> You can think you're in the kingdom and you're not. It's possible that you're not where you think you are. And Jesus takes it even further. Keep reading with me. Verse 22 and 23. Read along. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I, Jesus, will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, evildoers. You see, 
these people were doing things that seemed impressive. They were prophesying, driving out demons, performing miracles. And yet what does Jesus say to them on the final day? I never knew you. That terrifies me. It terrifies me. Does it not terrify you? To reach the end, to think I'm right with God and I'm not. That's terrifying. In fact, I can't think of a single thing more terrifying than that. Have you ever had that feeling when you walk out of a test? Maybe, maybe you walk out of NAPLAM, <laughs> and it was a hard test. You got, it was a hard test, you'll admit it. But you felt, you felt like you did all right, yeah? Um, you'll, you'll admit it. You didn't study. Hands in the air, I didn't study. But I never do, and, and I usually do all right. I'm pretty confident. You've all had that test, yeah? You've had that feeling? So you finish, and you and your friends walk out, and, um, and you start talking about what you got for each question. Everyone's done that. Um, and, and they're like, what did you get for question three? And one guy's like, I got 13. Someone's like, oh, I, got, I got 12 and a half. And the other friend's like, oh, I got 14. And at this moment, your heart is like on the ground. It's dropped. Like, why are you guys saying numbers? I had giraffe for question three. You got it wrong. You got it way, way, way wrong. So you thought you were sweet. Oh, that would have been bad. But you weren't. You thought you were okay, but you weren't. You thought you were right, but you weren't even close. And now it's too late. You've walked out of the test. You can't change your answer. You see, it's possible for you to think you're sweet, but the reality is you aren't. You're actually on the wide path, and that path is leading you straight to destruction. Do you feel the weight of this warning? You see, the end of verse 21 tells us how to figure out whether we're that person, the person who's just got it wrong. Check out the end of verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Are you the person that does the will of the Father? I want to say clearly, doing stuff will never be what saves you. Trusting in Jesus is the only thing that will save you. But if your life looks nothing like what the Bible says it should look like, Jesus says there's a good chance you're actually not a Christian. You you could think you're on the right path. You could call yourself a Christian. You could say, Lord, Lord, but you're just not. And that is a terrifying place to be. That might be a scary thing for you to hear. But you need to, you need to hear that. And you need especially to hear that so you can recognize how important the next part of this is. You see, because while it's possible to not make it, it's actually possible to make it. You all actually can make it. And Jesus tells us exactly how to do it. How to know that we'll be the ones who make it to the end. Now, I'm going to read... 24 through to 27, read it with me, but this is a story. Jesus is telling a story of two people, and they, they build their houses. And as we read, notice, notice the differences in how they build their houses. Read along with me, 24. Therefore, 
everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet, it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. What's the difference between the two men? Well, notice, both of these men, they hear the words Jesus taught. They both heard them. Everyone who hears these words of mine. But what, what did the wise man do? He puts them into practice. How do you make sure you'll stay on the narrow path? That on the last day, you'll be right with God? It's the person who puts the words of Jesus into practice, who lives out their faith. You see, that person is set up to last. They're going to reach the end. When the storm comes, their house will stand. When hard times come, when trials and persecution come, their faith will endure. It'll last. They'll come out the other side trusting Jesus. I had a mate going through school, um, and we were really tight. We sat here together at FAT. Every year we were in high school. Um, our whole G team, we were, we were close friends, um, and our lives all seemed really similar. You would look at each one of us, and you probably couldn't pick many differences out. We're at G teams every week. We're at youth every week. We actually served at youth together. You see, my mate, you would look at him and go, he is sweet. He's on the narrow path. And if you asked him at the time, he would say, 100%, I trust in Jesus. I'm on the narrow path. That's what he would have said. <laughs> but you see, storms came along. You see, parties started happening on Friday night. And, and he would start by leaving youth early to go to those parties. But eventually he would just skip youth <laughs> to go to the party. And then, and then footy became really important to him. And, and that was when G-teams were on. And so, so during the footy season, he'd just miss G-teams or, or he'd rock up late. And suddenly girls were really interesting to him. And, and so he started dating this girl that wasn't a Christian. And he spent more and more and more time with her. The tragedy is this. My friend hasn't been in church in over five years. He lives in another state with his girlfriend. And it turns out he was always on the wide path. He'd gone through the wide gate. And you see, piece by piece by piece, the storm tore his house down. How did that happen? How did that happen for someone who was so sure was on the narrow path? Well, he knew Jesus' words. He'd heard them, but they just weren't the foundation his life was built on. You see, if he trusted Jesus, that would have meant he had Jesus as his Lord. He would have heard his need for a Savior, that he was totally sinful and fallen on his knees at the cross. And only once you've done that can you follow his commands. Can you build your life on Jesus' word? You see, I have another friend. I'm a popular guy. Uh, I have another friend. And this guy, he grew up just chasing all the things that pleased him. Whatever made him happy, he would just chase that. 
It was sports. It was fun. Um, and anything else other than those things, they just didn't matter to me. But one year, one year my friend came to fat and had the gospel explained clearly to him. And in that moment, saw his sin. Saw his need for a saviour and put his trust in Jesus. And since then, what does his life look like? Well, well, he's realized that if Jesus is his saviour, then, then he's also his Lord and he's in charge. And so he needs to know what Jesus teaches. And so the thing that became most important to him was the Bible. Oh, he needed to know the Bible. And so he worked really hard to understand it. And today, of all the people I know, I don't know anyone that loves God's word as much as he does or knows it as well as he does. You see, they quit their sports team. And they were really good. They were actually so good at their sport, they were playing for Australia. But to play that sport meant to miss G-teams. It meant to miss youth. He weighed up what mattered to him, and sport just didn't carry enough. It didn't matter compared to the things of Jesus. So he quit it. (laughs) And you see, since about all those years ago, my friend has gone through hard times. Life hasn't been easy, but through all of that today, he still trusts Jesus. In fact, they're thinking about what it's going to look like for the rest of their life to love Jesus and serve him. How did, how did that, how is that the place they ended up at? Well, the foundation was solid. It was built on what Jesus did on the cross, and it was a life that was committed to living how Jesus told them to. And so for all of you here today, build your life in Jesus. Make Jesus your foundation. See, the story of my friend could be your story too. You could look back in 5, 10, 15 years, and this week, this moment right now, It could be this very moment that you decided to build your house on the right foundation, on Jesus. And so I'm I'm going to invite you guys to do that right now. Some of you might have already done that, and praise God, that's beautiful. But some of you might want to do that right now. So I'm going to pray for three things. I'm going to pray, sorry, sorry for how I've sinned against God. I'm going to say thank you for, for Jesus, for what he did on the cross. And I'm going to, I'm going to say, God, help, help us to be people who follow his commands and live with Jesus as the foundation for the rest of our life. And now, if you guys want to be a Christian, if you want to be a citizen of the kingdom, the best life you could ever have, would you pray this with me in your heads? Let's pray. Father God, I'm sorry for how I've rebelled against you. God, I'm sorry for my sin. But God, we thank you. Thank you that your son Jesus died in my place. That he paid the price for my sins. God, please help me to live with Jesus as my king. Would you help me to do that for the rest of my days? Amen? Amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer, you're a citizen of the kingdom. 
angels are rejoicing in heaven at this very moment. You're another child adopted into God's family. And that's the best news ever. <laughs> we, we would love to celebrate that with you and say, let your lady know. Let me know. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to talk with you about what it looks like to do that as you go home from Fatten. So don't waste that opportunity. I'm going to invite the MCs back up.